All right, y'all ready? Are the rest of y'all ready? All right, let's go. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that without faith, it is impossible to please you. So, Lord, we just thank you, God. And, Father, we just pray, Lord, as, as we get through this, that when we walk out of here, that our faith is increased, that our love for you is increased, that our spirit man is increased, God. And, Father, I just pray, Lord Jesus, for every single person in here today. God, I ask, Father, you bless them and bless our time together. And it's in your mighty name that I pray. Amen. So, hey, I'm going to be reading from the, from the book of Luke in the seventh chapter. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 7 with me. Um, your iPads, your iPhones, whatever it is you have. We're on the YouVersion Bible app as well if you're, you're not aware of that. But Luke chapter 7, say amen when you get there. Okay, one of you's there. The rest of you say amen when you get there. Dad, eat your phones out there. Come on. Luke chapter 7, we'll start reading in verse 2. Luke 7, 2. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, look at this, he sent elders of the Jews to him. These are elders of the Jews. These are elders. These are the top-notch people of Israel, okay? Let's you just grab a hold of that. He sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when these elders, when these leaders came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one from whom he should do this was deserving. Why? Why was he deserving? For he loves our nation, and he has built us a church. He has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, he's on his way there, the centurion then sent friends to him. And they said, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. For I also, or he said, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, he said, first of all, I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you. He says, but just speak the word. Just say the word. That's all you got to do is just say the word and my servant will be healed. He says, for I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, listen to me. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Who's him? A Roman soldier, a centurion. But it says he marveled. You catch that? He marveled at him. That is the only place in this Bible that God marvels. It is the only place where it says that he marveled at him, a Roman soldier. And he turned and he said to the crowd, look at this. I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Everybody say great faith. In all of Israel, all these people, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. The amazing story that we just read happened as Jesus walked off from preaching probably the most important sermon he's ever preached. It was the Sermon on the Mount. It was the Sermon of the Beatitudes. Okay, Jesus had just walked off. He had just taught 
one of the great things of this message to love your enemies, to do good to those who hurt you, to do good to those who oppress you, to do good to those who have wronged you. And now he walks off of that sermon platform in the mountains of northern Jerusalem. He walks off of that platform and he walks into his hometown of Capernaum. Okay? And the elders of Israel come and they say, go to this Roman soldier's house and pray for him because his servant is sick. Pray for him because he loves his country. Pray for him because he's given enormous resources to help us build a synagogue. Amen? And he's not even one of us. This guy is a Roman soldier. He's not even, he, he, he's a part of the people who are oppressing us. He's a part of the people who are stepping over us. He's a part of the people who, who, are, who are just destroying all of us. We're under their dominion and their control. And Jesus had just taught, love your enemies. He had just taught, do good to those who have wronged you. So I, I would say he's probably sitting there thinking, well, I mean, I just preached on this, so I might as well go. Right? I just, I just preached that we should love our enemies, so I might, as well, I might as well go. But it's interesting, listen to this, that, they, that the thing that they came and they said, he is a worthy the elders come and told Jesus, they said he is worthy because he loves our nation. Number one, we ought to love Israel. Amen? Come on, y'all don't understand that. Number one, we ought to love the nation of Israel. Amen. I am telling you right now, it all rises and falls on that nation. Number two, they said, and he's built our church. He's built our church. He's given of of, of his enormous resources. And we wouldn't even have our synagogue without this man and the resources that he has. He has given and given to build us a synagogue. And the synagogue, the church, it was just a place where the law was taught. Amen? Listen, it was, it was where the morality and the morals of, of the Ten Commandments were taught, of the, the Old Testament, the, 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 the five books of the Old Testament, the Torah. It's a place where all that, and, and, and he liked it. He liked that better than he liked the Roman religion. Amen? Because he gave of his resources to build a church. And what I want you, on, what I, what I want you to understand out of this is there's three quick things that I want to talk to you about that cause this man to stand out. Amen? Y'all wait? Y'all ready? Okay. Okay. Y'all really quiet this morning. I know. It's been, a, been up late watching basketball. March Madness puts it on us, don't it? Golly. There's three, thick, quick, three quick things that catch the attention of Jesus and cause this man to stand out. There's three things that catches the attention of Jesus and it causes him to marvel. Everybody say marvel. It catches his attention so much that it causes him to marvel. The word marvel means to be astonished. The word marvel means to be amazed and stand in awe. One translation says to take your breath away. Things that this guy did that took Jesus' breath away. Amen? Can you imagine God in the skin? 
A human man veiled in flesh, God in flesh? Can you imagine that? He was so moved, not by a preacher, not by a disciple. Come on, y'all. Not by a rabbi, not by a scholar of the Torah. He was so moved and marveled by this guy. By he, he, This guy never performed any great miracles, but he made Jesus marvel, y'all. He was a man who was not even a Jew. He was not even one of them. I'm going to call him a non-religious man. This guy was a non-religious man. And he made Jesus marvel. Can you imagine that? He exercised so much faith in who Jesus was and what he was able to do, that Jesus said, I'm not impressed with titles. I'm not impressed with how much scripture you know. I'm not impressed with all the books of the Torah that you can quote. I'm not impressed with all this stuff that you can do. I'm not impressed, impressed with all the, the praise songs that you can sing, that you know the words to, that you really don't believe because you don't think God's going to do something anyway, and you really don't think God's done something that really is just not really beyond normal, Right? He says, I'm not impressed with all of that. I don't care. But when he saw a non-religious guy, come on, somebody. Y'all got to understand what I'm telling you. A non-religious guy comes up to him and says, don't come to my house. I'm not worthy that you would come to my house. They said, he's worthy. They said he's worthy. But he said, I'm not worthy. He said, I'm not worthy. And the closer I get to you, because here's what happened. Jesus started making his way to this man's house. He started getting close to him. And, and, and I want to tell you something. The closer you get to Jesus, anything that's in you that's proud, anything in you that's arrogant, anything in you that, that's inside of yourself that's saying, oh, I'm worthy. Oh, God, you ought to bless me. Oh, I've done this. I've done that. I've paid my tithe. I sing all the songs. I'm worthy. Why haven't you blessed me, God? Why haven't you blessed me? Bless me. Bless me. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Listen, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you see your own sinfulness and the more you see his holiness. Amen. I want y'all to understand that. The closer you get to Jesus, Jesus is on his way to this man's house. And the closer he's getting to him, he says, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy because you see your own sinfulness and you see his holiness. Amen. Amen. Man, the closer you get, the more you understand. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You're the worthy lamb that was slain. Not me. And everything I get, I deserve only because of the blood of Jesus. Everything I get, I deserve only because of the cross. Everything I get, I deserve only because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our King. He's the one that's worthy. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. You don't deserve anything. What'd you say to me, Pastor? You don't deserve anything. Well, we've been going to church all these years, and, 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 you know, God ought to do something for us. God ought to do something for us. Oh, Lord, I'll tell you what, if you bless me, if you bless me, I'll praise you. He said, if you don't praise me, even the rocks will. Come on. Oh, if you bless my family, I'll give you my children. He said, they was mine first. I'll let you have them. I will give you my life, God. I will praise you with everything. He said, I can take your full life anytime I want it. You have nothing to barter with. Amen? Come on, y'all. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You don't have a lot to barter with. You don't deserve anything. 
Amen. Amen. All of your righteousness is as a filthy rags. That's what my Bible says. But when you look at him, but when you look at him and you say, because of you, because of your blood, I deserve a healing. Because of your faithfulness, God, my family deserves to be saved. Because of you, God, not because of me. I don't deserve anything. But your blood deserves my family being saved, y'all. Come on. His suffering on the cross is worthy of saving everything. That you, you understand what I'm saying to y'all? You don't deserve nothing, but it's all because of him and his blood and his sacrifice that you get everything you got. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you. And when this man, listen, when this man, a non-religious guy, when he saw Jesus getting closer and getting closer and getting closer to his house, notice what he loved. It says he loved his country. He loved his country. He loved the country he was in. And you know what? I just want to pause right there. And I want to say that I still love America. Amen. I still love America. I still love the red, white, and blue. I still get tears in my eyes when I see a mama get a flag because her son died for our nation. I still stand up for our national anthem and put my hand on my heart. Amen. Y'all better do better than that because this is the greatest country in the world. I still love this country. I still love this nation. I'm not ashamed to say I love America. Amen. I love this country. This is the greatest nation in the world. There's none like it. Hallelujah. Amen. He loved the nation he was in. Can I tell you something? There is a church somewhere in a basement in Afghanistan right now where people are sneaking to hear about Jesus. And if they get caught, their children will be taken and sewn into the sex industry and human traffic industry. They'll get beheaded. There are, and you act like we got it bad in this country because we can worship Jesus openly in a public high school? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He loved his nation. He loved his nation. Notice what else he loved. He loved his church. Do you love your church? That wasn't very convincing. Do you love your church? Yes. He gave of himself to build it. He loved the church. He loved his nation. Check this out. And he loved his servant. He loved his servant. Look. You know what kind of person marvels Jesus? What kind of person marvels Jesus? Number one, the kind of person that astonishes Jesus. Look at this, a man who has great love. You want to astonish Jesus, right? He loved his country. He loved Israel, had love for his country. Not only that, but he loved the synagogue. He loved the church. He loved it. It was the center. It was a sinner. He loved it more than his own religion. Listen, we ought to make church. Come on, y'all. I still, I, you know what? We need to make church something that we still cherish. There's a lot of people that ain't here today. You know why? Because they don't cherish it. We need to make it something that we cherish. And look at this. He loved his servant. 
I read something interesting when I was going through this this past week. I read something very interesting. It says this, look, a centurion was someone who was over at least 100 soldiers. At least 100 soldiers. A centurion in the Roman army was someone who was not allowed to be married. They were not allowed to have a family because when you were elevated to that position of centurion, because the Roman Empire was ever expanding. So if you were elevated to that position of centurion, they would send you out to foreign soil and you could end up being there for up to 20 years. Some of them never even got to come home. Okay, so they would take it. So they were not allowed to have families. They weren't allowed to have children. They weren't allowed to have, and, and so the servants, listen, and the people that he took with them became like family to him. Amen. One commentary said that they, they were family. And so when his servant got sick, the one whom he loved, he loved him because he was like family to him. And I'm going to say this, there's probably people here that ain't your family, but they're like family to you and you love them. Right? Come on. One of them got sick. And Jesus was astonished and marveled at this man. He marveled at him. Y'all got to catch this. He marveled at this man because of his great love. And secondly, it was because of his humility. He had great humility. Because the elders said, look, he's worthy for Jesus to go in his house and do a miracle. But the man said in the text, he said... I didn't even feel worthy to come to you. He said, I'm not even worthy to come to you. Look at this in, in verse 6 right here. He said, now that you're coming to me, though, don't trouble yourself. Don't trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. I've got a sneaky suspicion that he probably had gold statues and altars and different things that he would worship and burn incense to and, and have blood sacrifices to. And he had all this stuff that, you know, just like all the other Romans did, all these different gods and, and, and things that they were worshiping and all these other things that all in his backyard and, and all over his house and in his living room. And, and I got a sneaky suspicion that, that maybe, maybe he had a crack pipe on his counter or maybe he had a little bit of booze in his closet or maybe he has something going on and he says, God, you can't come in my house because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. But you know what the beauty of that is? Come on, y'all. He says, he says, look, he says, I'm worshiping all kinds of gods and I'm doing this and this and this. But for something, he looks and he says, but he's the one true God. He knew it. He knew it. Guys, listen. He's God in the flesh. I sense that he is the God of all gods, that, that he is the king of kings, and I'm not worthy to have this man enter into my house. I'm not worthy to have him come up in here and come into my house. That's humility. Humility says, Lord, I'm not worthy, but you are. I'm not worthy, but you're worthy, God. That's humility. And then lastly, listen, he had great faith. He had great faith because when Jesus approached his house, this man said this, as he's approaching his house, they come up and look at verse 7. He said, 
Just tell him to just say the word. Just speak the word only. You don't even need to come to my house and heal my servant. All you got to do is just say the word and my servant will be healed. That's great faith. That is great faith. What he was saying is I know who you are and I know what you're capable of doing. I believe in you now. I've seen too much of it. And Jesus said, the Bible, in the, Bible, the Bible says that Jesus did something that the angels couldn't make him do. He did something that none of the prophets could make him do. He did something that none of the, the disciples could make him do. It says he marveled at that. Amen. Listen, y'all got to get a hold of this. The sun, the moon, the stars, nobody in the scripture made him do. Nothing that happened in all of creation made him marvel. Nothing. It never says after he created something or he did something or he done something, he performed some miracle that God marveled when he was done. It never says that. It never says that. God created this and then marveled on his throne. The only time that God Almighty marveled is when we see a non-religious man. I don't know where you're at right now in your life, but I am telling you right now the only thing in my Bible that made God marvel was a non-religious man who says, I believe who you are. I believe you are who you say you are. And I believe you can do what you say you can do. Just say the word. Just speak it. And it made God marvel. Can you grab a hold of that for a minute? That nothing made God marvel. The only time that God marveled was when he saw that non-religious man believing in him. Listen, the power of his spoken word. That man believed that it would do what he said it would do. And the Bible said that it took the breath away from Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are y'all following this right now? Are y'all following this right now? Says it took the breath away from Jesus for a moment. It stunned him. It astounded him. It marveled him that a non-religious man would believe who he says he is. It marveled him. Amen. Jesus stepped back and says, wow. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. That's what he did in the chosen. Now, Seeing that makes Jesus step back and say, wow, I can't believe it. Not in all of Israel, he said. Not in all of Israel, with all of these religious people. Nowhere have I seen such great faith in this entire nation of all these people. Golly. The only thing that can make God be astonished and stunned and marveled is a mere man who recognizes who he is. You got to get a hold of that. You got to get a hold of that. You got to get a hold of that. What makes God marvel is a mere man who recognizes who he is and that the power of what he says. Whew. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. You got to recognize who he is. And you know what he said? He said, go. Go. 
Because your servant is healed. And they went back and the servant was healed. All he said was, okay, then just go. And they went back and the servant was healed. A non-religious man believed and it marveled Jesus. Can y'all get that? A mere man could make God Almighty marvel. And when Jesus marvels, it ought to make us meditate on why. Come on. When Jesus marvels, it ought to make us meditate on why. Why? What made him marvel? A non-religious man that believes. Anybody that can marvel God, anybody that can blow God's mind, Anybody that can, they, they can, you know what, I, I want to know why and I want to know how. Amen? If somebody can blow God's mind and somebody can make Jesus Christ marvel, I want to know why and I want to know how. Amen? Because I fast for 21 days and I don't marvel God. Huh? I read my Bible. I put messages together every week and I don't marvel God. Come on, y'all, pay my tithes. God doesn't marvel. And here's a guy who's half Nothing. He's half nothing and all he does is just believes. He's a non-religious guy. But listen, not, 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 he just believes. It don't matter what situation you're in. God says, I can make it happen. Doesn't matter what's going on. God says, I can make it happen. He just believes. I love that God says, listen, you don't have to impress me with, with, with your religious stuff. Listen, that's all good. That's all good, but but all I want you to do is believe. Amen. Come on. He says, I just want you to believe. It's all about believing in who I am. That's what God said. It's just all about believing in who I am. Amen. You know what? God says, I can turn it around for you. And when you have no hope and you still believe, that's what, make God's mar- that's what makes God marvel. Is, is, is his servant was dead. He loved him. And when you have no hope and yet you still believe, oh, come on. That's what make God, makes God marvel. Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and pat your chest and tell him I can make God marvel when I believe his word. Do that for me. Do it for me. Come on. I can make God marvel when I believe his word. Amen. The earth, everything full of mystery, sea life, plant life, everything. Check this out. Animal life, human life, the physical body. The Bible says the earth is nothing but his footstool. None of it made him marvel. The star Antares Listen to this, is able to swallow up 64 million suns greater than the one sun that we have on earth. The star Epsilon is 3,000 times the size of our sun. Our closest star to planet earth is 26 trillion miles away. The furthest star from planet earth is 59 trillion miles away. We're just a speck, planet earth. In the big picture of all of God's creation, we're just a speck. But none of this stuff marvels God. Amen? None of it. None of that stuff astonishes God. God is not impressed. As a matter of fact, this blows my mind, guys. Listen, when God God got ready to take credit for all of creation, 
He got ready to take credit for all the creation. And he wanted to mention, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I made the stars too. Look at this right here, Genesis 1.16. This is what he said. He used five words. He made the stars also. No big deal. It's no big deal. I created all living things. Oh, yeah, and by the way, just as a footnote, I made the stars also. None of it marvels God. Come on, y'all. That's how big and bad I am. So nothing, listen to me, nothing in this universe made God marvel. But when a man, but when a woman, when a teenager, when somebody sits there and says, I believe who you are. I believe who you are, and I believe you can do what you said you can do. That's what makes God marvel. None of that other stuff makes God marvel. None of it. Amen? Come on, y'all. Do better than that. When you believe it, God goes, ah, yes. When you make, <laughs> oh, my goodness. God says, I'm astonished. They believe it. Wow. It's phenomenal. They don't just say it. They believe it. They don't just sing it. They believe it. Amen. Does anybody want to astonish Jesus by believing his word this morning? Give him a shout of praise in here this morning. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. When you stand and you say, Lord, I'm still confident. I don't see it, but I believe it. I don't feel it. I don't understand it. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't have answers, but I'm confident. I still trust you. I still love you. I still believe you. That's when Jesus Christ is stunned and marveled. Amen? Y'all getting a hold of this? All right. Seize party. Seize party. The Red Sea becoming like jello. Come on, y'all. Listen, I'm sure there was some little snotty-nosed kid that was walking with the children of Israel that was going through on dry ground and had to poke it. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. And they poke it and it shakes like jello and the sea's just standing up like this. And they're walking through it on dry ground. That did not marvel God. That did not marvel God. Listen to this. A donkey opened his mouth and preached to the prophet Balaam. Didn't marvel God. A whale swallowed a man for three days. Spit him up afterwards. The dude comes out looking like a raisin. Ain't got no eyebrows. Ain't got no hair. You know them stomach acids has done ate all that stuff up. He's sitting over there looking like a weirdo preaching. Repent! Dude, I would have repented if I would have seen that didn't make God marvel. Didn't make God marvel. Because this got eaten by a whale. What happened? An axe head doing the backstroke across the Jordan River. Didn't make God marvel, guys. A bush burning, lighting up in the wilderness and take off your shoes, shoes, shoes. This is holy ground. ground. Didn't, the bush is burning, talking to him. Didn't make God marvel. Didn't make God marvel. 26,000 tons of manna at the tent door every morning for the children of Israel for 40 years. Didn't make God marvel. Water coming out of rocks. Didn't make God marvel. 
a dead man like Lazarus being raised didn't make God marvel. But when someone says, Lord, speak your word only. Come on, y'all. You got to do better than that. Because when some non-religious man just says, God, I believe you. Speak your word. Makes God marvel. Amen. I don't know how you're going to provide. I don't know how you're going to deliver. I don't know how you're going to work this miracle, but I believe in you. And I believe in your ability to get it done. Come on, somebody, with a shout of praise. I believe you. The devil didn't think you'd come to church this morning praising the way you're praising right now. Amen. You up in here praising Jesus. You're astonishing God. Oh, Hezekiah got a bad, bad letter from Sennacherib. He was an evil king. He said, I got 600 chariots of iron and I'm going to run all over you. He sent a letter. Look at this in 2 Kings 19. It says, Hezekiah received a letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and he spread it before the Lord. He took this letter to the temple. He laid it on the altar. He spread it out and he said, God, we got mail. <laughs> Amen. He said, says, God, we got mail because you put me here. You called me to this. I'm here, and I know you're good, and I know you're faithful, and I know you love me, and I don't understand this attack. I don't understand what's going on in this letter. I don't understand this x-ray. I don't understand this bad report I just got. I don't understand this news, these dark days, but I know you are working all things together for good. Nations rose against Jehoshaphat. They rose against Jehoshaphat. Look, and the Lord said, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of the great multitude. He said, for the battle's not yours, it's mine. The battle's not yours, the battle's God's. So God said, I'll tell you what to do, Jehoshaphat. He said, I want you to get all the praise singers together. He said, take them down the front line. Don't send any weapons with them. Give them a violin, a tambourine. Give them a, give them a, a trombone and a trumpet and, and, and put them out there. He says, tell them to get out there and do nothing but talk about how good I am. Woo-wee! Talk about how faithful I am. Talk about how my love endures and my mercy endures from generation to generation to generation. Don't care what the times brings. Don't care what the culture brings. Don't care what evil brings. Don't care what the Antichrist brings. Amen? Bring it on. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm telling you, bring it on. And the Bible says when they got out there and started praising God, whoo, you know what happened? That's why what we're doing in here is more important than what you think. The way we're in here praising God, the way these guys are ushering in the, come on, give it up for these guys back here. I'm telling you. This is more than just the loud, annoying person behind you. Come on, listen to that. Come on, no. You don't understand. That person behind you is an ex-alcoholic. That person over there is an ex-drug addict. That person over there is a jailbird. They just got loose and got set free. The one over there on your right, he's a former alcoholic. The other one, he's a manic depressant. This guy was lost. Come on, y'all. Amen. That one over there was sick and dying of COVID, but he's in here praising Jesus. 
You don't know why people are so noisy. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Romans 12, 15, look at this. Come on, y'all. It says rejoice with them that rejoice. Uh-oh. If you look down your row and you see anybody rejoicing, you got a biblical mandate to rejoice with them. Look down your row right now. Look down your row right now. You see anybody rejoicing, you got to rejoice with them. That's what the Bible says. I don't know why you're rejoicing, but I'm going to rejoice with you. I don't know why you're shouting. I'm just going to shout with you. Don't worry about it. Jump right in. Let's go. Let's go. Look down your row. You see anybody rejoicing? Give them a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Everybody stand your feet all around this room for me. Nobody moving around. I want to tell you this. One of the most moving verses in the Bible to me. I want you to catch this, guys. I want you to catch this. One of the most moving verses in the entire Bible to me, especially with all that's going on in our world today, is when the very first martyr, Stephen, is being stoned. Okay? As they were hitting him with stones. And the Bible says this in Acts 7, 55. Every other place in the New Testament, I want you to understand this, and you can check me out if you want to. I'll do my best to never lie to you. Check me out if you want to. Every other place in the New Testament, Jesus is found after the crucifixion and the ascension. The Bible said he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Only one time does it say different. And that is when Stephen is being stoned and he looked up and the heavens opened in Acts 7.55. Look at this. You pull that scripture up for me. You don't have it? Acts 7.55. said the heavens opened up and I saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Standing at the right hand of God. I don't understand what I'm saying, do you? I want to tell you this. When you stand up for Jesus, y'all need to hear me right now. Because when you stand up for Jesus, he'll stand up for you. Amen. The only place in the New Testament where it says he's standing. So man of God, woman of God, when you stand up for Jesus, look out! Look out! God stands up for you. We have the ability to marvel God. We have the ability to astonish God. Do you understand that? Nothing but you can marvel God and make heaven stand up. So here's what I feel. I feel like right now, every backslider, every person addicted, every person bound, every person suicidal, every person that's depressed, every person hating themselves, every person that's cutting themselves, every person is torturing themselves, every person is just feeling like I wish I could just die. I feel like right now, if you'll give your life to Jesus and stand up for him, he'll stand up for you. Right now. There's a miracle for you. 
You will astonish Jesus. You will get the attention of God. And your faith will make heaven stand up. 